Rascal, here, boy. Come on out, Rascal. I said I was sorry. Rascal won't have anything to do with me since I started that ta taxidermy class. Can you blame him? I told him I was just kidding about using him for the final exam. Hello and welcome to episode 258 of Under the Cull of MS. This will be a normal Thursday episode. A little bit of comics. A little bit of multiple sclerosis. And maybe a little bit of whatever else I decide to talk about. That was a little panel from Pickles. Earl and his wife talking about his little taxidermy class and the cat running off because or the dog running off because it doesn't want to become one of Earl's specimens. <laughs> Always picking on the poor animals. But today we have a pile of comics. Pretty good sized pile of ketchups to get through. Starting out with Batman 89 number two by DC Comics. Hey, I did not know I had another one of these coming. I thought I might have like number two and number three pre-ordered. So I got to deal with them, but I would have dropped this after number one. Otherwise, this is one of two comics that I'll be talking about today. It just happens to have a cover picture of a character hanging upside down with bats around him. And this one has Batman hanging out upside down and a bunch of bats flying around him. This story, this whole series should have just been called Two-Face. Uh, it shouldn't have been referenced back in the 80s. Shouldn't have been any of that stuff. Uh, it's not a terrible story or anything, but it just doesn't give me the flair of the 80s Batman. I want the 80s Batman. It was a little looser, a little more enjoyable, funnier content, uh, more cartoony. But this, this is more of a serious style storyline not getting into the fun of it i don't like the whole batman character at all does not give me the michael keaton feel which i was hoping for when i seen batman from the 80s coming out i thought that's what we were gonna get and we didn't this gets deeper into the whole harvey dent uh two-face storyline in here which um sure it's going to gradually work its way into a final clash with like this I think this is supposed to be a six issue run it could be an ongoing who knows but I'm definitely not thrilled with it I'll hold on to him for now in case I decide to finish off the series and like I said I'm pretty sure I got the third one coming but we're just not getting that feel, that, that nice, the first Batman, big screen adaptation that I expected from this comic run. 
I should have known better because I've been getting kicked in the ass with all the Batman stuff. Other than Batman and Scooby-Doo Adventures, that, that one's been enjoyable, but I just keep trying to jump into them, and I don't know why I do it. Um, I haven't been a big DC fan for a while now for that reason, other than Harley and some Ivy stuff. And those storylines are getting more and more fun, but yeah. And then we go into Cinnamon. This is number two of Cinnamon by Behemoth Entertainment. In here, if you know anything about this, it's a cat. And you're seeing life through the cat's eyes. And it has a female owner and a fish for a roommate. And him and the fish work together trying to figure out what the owner is up to. Because the owner just happens to be reading The Art of War. So, since she's reading The Art of War, that must mean she might be planning something to attack the cat with. Is what the cat's thinking. So the cat and the uh, goldfish sit there and plot against her and try and figure out what's going on. And there's this package that shows up and the cat's playing it out. Like the, it's owner is talking to some rat up in the sky, working on a space station type thing. <laughs> it's just fun watching them just, these things that go through the cat's mind. But yeah, she gets a package in the mail and the cat and the fish are trying to figure it out while the owner and the rat are talking to each other and planning things out and trying to get the thing to work. And it comes in a foreign language box so the fish can't read it and it's just... Eventually, you find out that it's a laser pointer that she got in the box, and she finally gets it working and uses it with the cat, and the cat turns it into a whole big event, so it makes it look like a movie thing going on, and the cat's got to fight the laser and try and get through the laser and stuff. It's just... Yeah, all kinds of hilarity ensues. It's fun watching the, the cat's point of view, just playing it out, making it look like what the cat might be thinking by seeing this. Then in the back, there's a cinnamon toast recipe with a little cooking lesson where the cat teaches you how to knead the bread basically making the biscuits and then it shows the cat on its cat bed curling its paws on the cat bed like it's making the biscuits and our cat does this almost every night when it's tucking us in into the bed it's just hilarious watching cats do that type of stuff and that shows you a little bit how they do their animation and stuff in the back of the book but this fun this has been very fun. I'm sad to see it end. I think it was only supposed to be a three-issue run. 
So we're going to only have one more issue of this. I would like to see this go on and see other things end. <laughs> but what you're going to do, hopefully the story will get enough attention that she'll come out with another run in the future after that. But that was definitely worth checking out. Cinnamon number two by Behemoth Comics. Now we got Elvira meets Vincent Price, number two by Dynamite Comics. This one, of course, being a Dynamite comic, has tons of covers that you can choose from. In here, they're dealing with uh, Egyptian god type character that's being summoned. Uh, got a little synopsis here. Elvira, or Elvira's TV pitch got rejected by the streaming service Deathflix. She was betrayed by her writer friend, Totally Not Me, and, uh, what you call it, and drank away her sorrows. Then the ghost of Vincent Price showed up and recruited her to help hunt down a print of an old film of his called Rise of the Ram. Or Rise of the Ram, I guess, if it's Egyptian uh, referenced. Their first stop was an old schlock producer turned born again. But when the title of the film was spoken... Some kind of monster showed up and vaporized him. Seriously. That's what you missed in the first one. It was nuts. This issue, probably just as nuts. Read on. But yeah, you get the whole Egyptian characters attacking them. Amon-Ra is mentioned throughout this and that character does some things to other Egyptian characters throughout this while Vincent Price is sneaking around because he's a ghost and he can float through walls and he's trying to find the things that they're there for while Elvira deals with the Amon-Ra character and some other Egyptian entities but throughout this story, we get to meet another female character who's also controlling some type of mummified entity that is someone from Vincent Price's past. And we get to see what happens between all of them and What's going on with Elvira and Vincent Price and where they have to go from here and all that stuff. But this is a, still an ongoing fun story. This one's also, sadly, I think is only like a four-issue run, maybe a six-issue. But it has definitely been enjoyable. Typical Elvira stories. Not as many Elvira puns in this one as some other ones. And uh, 
if you're missing out at it on it all at all. I don't know if it ended yet, but there is another new Elvira Kickstarter going on ever since the Wrath of Khan, I believe it was, or whatever the Khan one storyline was, and this is going on further with that stuff, and there's probably going to be a third one adapted into it. I believe these were all one-shots, those were, and then the Elvira meets Vincent Price, I believe, is a four-shot comic, but could be six, we'll see. And then, the last book you'll ever read, issue two, by Vault Comics. And Cullen Bunn is probably the reason that I checked this out. The storyline is not really laid out for us yet. We're still waiting for some stuff. Let's see what the back of this thing says. Olivia Cade's cross-country book tour kicks off and is immediately met with resistance. The public lashes out against her. Treaties on the collapse of... I know. The public lashes out against her treatise on the collapse of society. And it is Connor Wilson's job to keep her safe. As events surrounding the tour grow more violent, more surreal, and more horrific, Connor can't help but wonder, is Olivia's book bringing about strange changes in the world? In this issue, and we didn't really find out much at all about the book in the first issue. It was basically her building her little crew that she was going to use to do her book tour and do some book readings. And the crew that works for her, the thing they have to do is promise that they will not read her book. Which, we don't know enough about it yet, but by what I'm seeing in this one, it's almost like she would want to read their book to them to make sure that they're not some type of entity that this book is awakening. And at first I was thinking, well, the book is turning people into mad, ravenous, demon-type characters. They're just flipping out from the book's readings and causing a lot of trouble. But by this issue, as she's reading her storyline in a bookstore, you're seeing characters get these, like, ravenous urges uh they have red eyes their skin kind of gets like veined up so i don't know if the books are actually affecting them because some of the characters that are screaming at her telling her to get the hell out of her town she's ruining it uh they don't want her there her words are evil but yet it's like some of these characters almost turn demon-like. And that's... I mean, granted, some of the hillbillies in this town that she's at are so hairy, they look like Sasquatches. <laughs> Why they're laid out like that. But when they get the red eyes and stuff, it kind of 
some of them look like they're getting like fangs and like very sharp teeth. And I don't know what's playing out in this. I'm, I'm assuming the third issue will give us more because I believe this was a six issue run also. Whereas again, I could be wrong and it could be a ongoing series. But by looking at some of their other books that they've done, they've pretty much completed the series in those. So I'm assuming that this is going to go to completion within six or 12 issues. But we will have to see. But her and her bodyguard have to deal with lots of angry people in this one. And we get to see her do... I think this is her first actual reading of the book. Or actually, it might be the second. I think she did do some reading in the first one. Which caused some issues back in that one. But, yeah, the people with her are trying to understand what's going on. The readers, us, are trying to understand what's going on. But things are starting to happen. And it is getting more and more interesting as the story goes. But it, it's not one I'd really stay on if I didn't have them pre-ordered. Because I think I had the third one pre-ordered, and we'll see where that one goes yet. I might stop pre-orders on that and then just do pick up on it later on if I do enjoy it. Just pick it up at the local shop or wherever. And then we got MFKZ, Motherfuckers, I'm assuming is still what it stands for, but MFKZs, I got a little, uh, oh, what do you call it, Garbage Pail Kid cover here with an unburied Bruce character on it. And I also got a kind of interesting, cool-looking cover with a collaboration of a lot of the characters from the storyline. But in this one, we are still in the chase. Our two characters are still being chased by these evil guys that we don't really know yet. Are they alien? Are they governmental? And they do have orders from the president that they're carrying with them that say they can track down these two characters and do whatever they want to get them. We keep seeing news people popping in, giving us updates on what's going on with car chases and stuff. This one focuses mostly on a car chase and the cops get involved and things happen with them. We also get to see the two guys dealing with a weird black oily monster type entity in one of the car crashes. And when they're doing that, they come across a piece of it and they get to see what it does. I don't want to give anything away from that, but. It's giving us some more key elements in the storyline. And we also like how they do with each each issue. It jumps around to another story that's like based off this story. But it's what's going on with char- characters outside the immediate happenings of the story. And we get to go to the Lucha Libre, Lucha Libre style wrestling organization and we get to see them talking about how they know 
things that are going on and we get to see them collaborating together and getting ready to go to war with these entities and there's some a box of crystal skull, crystal skulls that light up during this and it gives us some more facts into what's going on and we get to find out why the Lucha Libres are part of this whole storyline and what's going on with it. The re- I shouldn't say I shouldn't shouldn't really expect to call them Lucha Libre, but where this is all based and stuff, it's in the way they're all mostly masked wrestlers and stuff. That's why I focus on the Lucha Libre side of the things. But you could just call them wrestlers if you want or whatever. But it's interesting seeing how things happened in the last episode with their one of their hangouts, their uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, one of their the blocks, the clubs, the gang controlled places that they were and what happened and what's left over from that and what's going on from here. And then with the wrestlers coming into it a little more is going to make the story more interesting. And this is an example of one that, yeah, I was done with, I was ready to get rid of, but I stopped at my local shop and he had another issue for me. So I took it, even though I stopped pre-orders on it and stuff I figure what the heck, see if it's gotten any better, and it has. And the first issue I loved because of the whole thing with the cockroaches and all that. <laughs> and then this issue led into some more answers we were looking for, and that's a good thing. But So check that out, MFKZ by Vault. And... uh Or no, that's by Behemoth Entertainment. I thought it was by Vault. It's Behemoth that does that one. Then we got The Nice House on the Lake, number four by DC Black Label. The story's getting weirder and weirder. We're getting a couple... Some of the characters are starting to flip out, and they're starting to worry about supplies running low because they're stuck in this dome the rest of the world's been destroyed uh, they still don't know why they're there what's going on we get some printouts of what these people ordered and you know, things they're looking for and the alien entity their buddy that stuck them up in this cabin in, on a lake in wisconsin they're just trying to figure out one person's really super depressed in here, constantly wondering why they keep ordering what they want in their package, but they never get it. Um, I really don't want to ruin what they're, they wanted and stuff, but another character in here finds out what they're looking for and they get it themselves and do some things. And we learn a lot more about the people at the end of this issue. And things are starting to 
starting to give us a little bit more answers than before. And the their little alien entity friend happens to show up when one of the characters are picking up some packages and doesn't doesn't say nothing much but kind of gives us a little more of a more of a feeling that the entity is still there for him still taking care of him and stuff but yet they have a lot to learn about what they're doing there still and why they're why they were allowed to stay alive and keep going whereas everybody else is in the world is basically destroyed gone or who knows what because they can't get out of the walls to find out themselves so all they can do is touch these weird symbols and they get flashes of what happened to their loved ones and what happened to the world. So we're still waiting for a lot more answers, but this this issue did give us more than we expected. I was going to end reading this pretty soon. I said I'd give it till number six. This is number four. But we'll see. See how it goes. Now we got Possessive, part two of three. So we're only got one issue left of this. And in this issue, the creepy character entity that's at the t- upstairs in the attic ends up being a big part of this issue. Let's see what it says here. Let's not mince words. Todd's a loser. He has no job, no prospects, and almost no drive. With his wife ready to take the children and go, Todd buys the family their dream home. Todd takes a chance on a house that needs much more upkeep than a few coats of paint and a new carpet. And little does Todd know, in the attic resides a terrifying and deadly spirit who does not do well with cohabitation. But while this frightening specter may have murderous tendencies, she might just be what Todd needs to turn his life around. And in this episode, the entity happens to destroy Todd's alcohol and destroys any attempts at getting alcohol. And we find out that he delves deeper into the story of this house and the entity in the house and we find out that she was with an abusive husband that drank all the time and so she does not like the alcoholic parts in here and Todd decides to have a exorcism done and the priest is like is this a ghost or is it a demon type spirit and there's a big difference you gotta do the right one otherwise things can happen and we get to see what happens when you do the wrong things in this story 
And we also get to see Todd and the ghost get get a little more acquainted, get to find out more about what's going on. And while this is all happening, Todd's wife sees that he's straightening his life up, cleaning himself up, and she's interested in what's going on and has to find out more and things just happen to happen throughout this uh lots of things this was a very big episode this time around so we get introductions throughout this and get more more involvement by more of the characters and it's going to be interesting how they're going to end this i mean one issue left. Todd started out just a disgusting waste of a drunk and buys this house that needs a ton of work and gets himself a bonus of a little creature that's living with him in the in the woodwork, but yeah, I'm running out of time here with this portion of the segment. So I'm going to cut it here and I will get back to you with a little bit more and some multiple sclerosis stuff right after this. Okay, I have one comic left that I didn't get to in the first segment, so let's finish that off. We got Bampyverse, issue number one. And this is here where the, here where the other hanging person hanging upside down. I have the Vampirella hanging from the ceiling, sleeping with a bunch of bats that are hanging from the ceiling on the cover. So, And I also have a Geisha cover also. And in here, this story gets deep into the vamp- Vampyverse. And let's see, does it have, no, that's just a bunch of praise for stuff in the back. But in here, we basically find out a vamp, vampy character comes from the future, from another, another universe to try and catch other vampirellas and she's finding them and they are dead She's too late to get to him, and she just keeps jumping to different vamp- vampirellas, trying to get one that's not been taken out by this character called the artist. Uh, it's like the artist of the vampirella comics is almost taking out all the vampirellas that were ever drawn. Or brought into literature or whatever. <laughs> but I know it's not that. It's a different artist character. But I, it just has that feel to it. It's like eliminating all the vampirellas that they didn't care about. And now they want to just focus on the one. Uh, we find out some stuff related to Lilith in here. We get to meet a tree creature character a tree entity that helps 
with the storyline and gives us some information on what's going on with it. We also get to meet uh, a Vampirella with... uh, It's a Griffin-type character that we've seen in other stuff in the past. I just cannot come up with his... Its name, it's like a dog with a bird beak on its face. Kind of like, I'd say more like a big cat, like a Black Panther type entity with the blood wing. That's the name of it. But you see this Bloodwing character helping this one Vampirella character and the other Vampirella characters there from the future or whatever, from the timeline or from the... I guess this isn't time travel. This is uh, different. Uh, Come on. Right away we're going to do this. Okay. From different worlds, different... Uh, multiverses. But we see this mechanical character appear in this one to try and take out the Vampirella characters and I'm assuming it's the the entity, the artist entity that's after him. Or one of his minions hunting her down and trying to take her out. Basically, the mysterious, they do have a little thing in here about what's coming and stuff. The mysterious and deadly Bloodwing is killing all the Vampirellas throughout the fabric of reality. But who is he? And why is he doing this? See, now I got this wrong. I thought Bloodwing was the animal with her, but apparently Bloodwing's the entity that's armored up but yet this is we find out more in the end of this and but it's up to Vampirella to learn the secrets of Bloodwing and stop him thanks to the book of prophecy in a very unexpected way Vampirella embarks on her most mind-bending adventure yet traveling the various threads of the fabric to rally the vamp Vampirellas of the multi multiple realities to join her in stopping the extermination of herself. First stop, an apocalyptic world transformed by a chaos plague. Will the Vampirella of this ravaged world heed our Vampirella's warning, or will she too fall to the savagery of Bloodwing? So now I'm curious about number two, because I could have swore Bloodwing was the panther-like character, and apparently not. So, they mention the artist and stuff, and then they go into this. So, I'm thinking there's more than one entity in this. It's more chaos-related. I'm really getting bummed with all these covers lately. I don't... No matter where I get my books from, almost every one of them has severe corner damage. 
and creasing and stuff like that. And you can't get returns, you can't get replacements. These companies don't give two shits when you contact them. It's really irritating. Makes you want to go buy this shit off the shelf yourself so you can look at it. But this one, of course, sadly, was from a shop. And it seems like a lot of the stuff I get lately from the shops is just they pull it out from behind the counter instead of having it out nicely in a bag with a board so it stands upright and doesn't get all damaged. But not my luck. Everything I get gets damaged. <laughs> but yeah. That's it for the comic portion. A little bit of gaming stuff I just wanted to throw out there. Uh, I'm hoping probably tomorrow or something to sit down and veg on State of Decay 2 and play the Back to Trumbull Valley portion of it, the Homecoming storyline, so I can go back to the original one from State of Decay and see what all the extra bonuses and extra upgrades they have in there and extra weapons. And things, probably some new vehicles or whatever. But yeah, looking forward to checking that. But for the gamers out there, I know there's Nintendo Direct, I think, this week, so I'll probably have some Nintendo stuff to talk about next week sometime. But uh, I was wondering, it's been a while since we got a phone call. That doesn't look like a number I know. So. It says it's from our town, but I doubt it. But for fans of Fortnite, Fortnite and some company company called Balenciaga, they put together some clothing. You can get a shirt that just says Fortnite and Balenciaga on it. That's it. And it's only $500. You can get a Forza outfit that all it has it's like you're the car and you got the advertising prints all over it is all it is and it's nothing cool looking on it it's a bunch of stupid little advertising patches all around it <laughs> if you want the shirt the jacket and the baggy jeans set you can get that for around seven thousand dollars if you want to add yourself a backpack backpack a hat and some shoes, you're gonna add on around three thousand more dollars. So that is a good thing for you if you would like. But check those out, and we'll get back to you. Well, yeah, we can jump into it, I guess. See how far we get. Sit there and. Let's just look at coronavirus and multiple sclerosis risks and stuff like that. See what I can find here. A lot of people ask about it. A lot of people are worried. Usually these are the people that are not vaccinated, not wearing masks, and they're just looking for an excuse not to do certain things. And it's kind of worrisome because it's like, you're already at risk for enough things. Why are you pushing things off? 
You're just looking for excuses not to do things. But as soon as you're in a hospital, hooked up to all those hoses and shit, and you're going to be blaming someone else. When you can just get the shit done and over with. And we have enough proof out there that problems are happening. Why not prevent it? Do what you can to prevent it. And quit worrying about other things. It's like we just had spent months of parents and teachers fighting. We had literal fights break out at meetings, parent-teacher conferences, uh, governmental meetings, all this shit. Because all these people throwing fits. Well, I don't want to stick my kid in a mask. He's got no. He's got his own rights to do whatever. No, he doesn't. Or she doesn't. Until they're 18, they don't have shit for rights. It's like, listen to your adults. Do what you're going to do. These parents don't care that their kids are out and about at 11, 12, 1 in the morning, 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, all night long. But yet when something happens to them, then it's like, oh, boo-hoo, I need, I need someone to take responsibility and <laughs> give me answers. Well, the answers are, have your kid in bed by here in your house by 10 o'clock at night and don't leave them out partying all night, hanging out, driving. And we got constant reckless car shit going on now, which is stupid. I mean, the one the other day, the guy did a couple loops around a bunch of kids at a school. There's teachers out there with megaphones and shit. It's like you can easily do something to stop the car, or at least know who the person is and get him arrested right away. They're right there in plain sight. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Society's gone to, to shit as far as authority goes. We used to shoot people in the legs. Now they shoot them with a death shot. Uh, they shoot to kill instead of shoot to wound. They were bringing out guns that were non-lethal, beanbag guns and all that shit, tasers and everything. I mean, I've seen these 25,000-volt tasers and all that shit, or 250,000, whatever the hell shit that you would think would knock a horse down. And... Those aren't good enough to use those items. They have to always pull a pistol and shoot someone. Ridiculous, even if that person hasn't pulled a weapon. Uh, yeah, police abuse constantly going on. And on the other side, we got a lot of idiots doing shit they shouldn't do. That's just not getting itself worked out. But with all this fighting over this COVID crap, now we got... Like we got one school already where we're only a couple weeks into the new year, new school year. Then we have 170 some students with COVID in that uh, environment, in that schooling system. There's like 200 some students that are in quarantine because of the COVID outbreak they're having. And these are just all these places that fought against all the masking and the vaccinations and parents fighting over shit, but we're not hearing nothing from those parents now. So I don't know. And there's, I blame both sides of the story here because we just are not getting the numbers that we 
should. The numbers keep changing constantly. And now we're up to the extra vaccination, the third injection for some of us, which I'm on a list. I got my doctor nagging me about it continuously, but I'm trying to hold everything off for another month. I want to wait before I start doing things again that I used to do and bring other things into my system. I just wanted to get a few good months in with the Maven Cloud before I added more things back to it. And I'm starting to bring certain things in slowly, like I brought turmeric back, but not full force, just twice a week and amping up the vitamin D and bringing in the MCT oils because it, my fatigue got so bad that I'd wake up in the morning and the rest of the day I'm just sitting there falling asleep constantly, no matter what I'm doing. And I, the MCT oil gives me a little wake-up boost with my coffee for a couple hours, but it doesn't last that long. I got a variety of other things I'll be bringing into the mix and talk about them as we go, but I did get some newer direct from the company rick simpson oil that i'll be playing around with uh, in the near future i took a break from all that stuff too for a while so just wanted to start the system fresh and see how we can make things adaptable and make sure we got the things that are helping and not hindering us and as i do it i'll go on and off of certain items just so i can see how the new things I'm adding in are affecting me and I won't it won't be screwed up by having other stuff in my system that I know is doing certain things I don't want to see the con- conflict between them I want to just see how each item hits my system so the next I'd say the rest of the year is going to be a lot of on off trial stuff with a variety of things and then we'll be doing a 30-day cl- clean out and go with all natural things on that and add those things into our routine gradually through that period. And I'm still debating on starting that out with a sugar flush first just because it's always best to introduce things when you have a cleaned-out system. So it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. We'll see what happens with it. But with the COVID, uh, things that are obvious risk factors are being over the age of 60 can increase your risk of severe illness from COVID-19. Their systems are worn down more. Uh, They say progressive MS or high levels of disability are factors that you got to watch out for increased risk. Uh, Also, severe symptoms involving swallowing and clearing of lungs because COVID is lung-related and you don't want to be hooked up to those machines keeping your lungs working, helping you breathe. A BMI of 30 or higher, high blood pressure, heart disease, asthma, or, or any other lung disease, like my brother-in-law, Poor guy got diagnosed with the uh, 
Damn it. Lost it. Uh, stupid disease from asbestos, uh, which I'm worried about the rest of the family and me and my wife contract uh, having issues with it in the future because we all lived in Libby, Montana, where they had the big mine asbestos outbreak. And we'd play with the girls in the park in the sand and stuff and you could see the crystallization all over the ground but none of us knew that was asbestos we'd swim in the lakes you'd see it the crystallization and stuff it was just ridiculous and when they did that cleanup was just after we moved out of there we came back a year later just to check it out and the whole town was ripped up they had huge monster trucks hauling dirt everywhere and pulling stuff out of the town it was just a massive cleanup. They had a movie about it, TV show and stuff. They talked about it. And yeah, I used to gold pan up in those mines where they blew the mines and stuff, and I didn't know anything about it. I was digging in, sucking that dirt. As I'm digging down into the earth further and further, who knows what I came across, but that crystallization on the ground was always there, so that always worried me and then you throw COVID in there with this lung shit. It's like, yeah, that would be people with that issue would definitely be higher risk for being stuck on a ventilator type machines, but you can do telehealth conferences with your doctor to talk over things. If you're worried about some stuff, you should isolate yourself. They're pretty much not going to stick you in a hospital unless you have severe issues. They're going to want you to isolate, stay in a separate separate room, and you can't maintain separation. Everyone in the household should wear a mask and practice frequent hand washing. Cover your nose and mouth when you cough or sneeze. Discard tissues in a lined container for safe disposal and immediately wash your, wash your hands. Don't share household items. Kitchen, kitchen items and linens should be thoroughly disinfected after use. All surfaces should be disinfected frequently. And personally, I think the disinfection that we did in 2019 probably killed off a lot of good bacteria that we needed along with the bad bacterias. But if our systems are worn down and don't have the good bacteria, that's not good for us either. Um, it's good to stock up on things you're going to need, food, things, medication, other essential supplies, so you at least got enough to cover you for a couple months. If you do have to go in any type of quarantine or anything like that, it's nice to just have some stuff. You don't have to go crazy and buy out all the toilet paper that you can find, which... I was picking up any de- good deals I found for a while, but now I'm back to the point where I we only got a few backup rolls of toilet paper and paper towels, so should actually look for some deals, but there has not been good deals on anything. Our food does cost have gone up, or uh, cleaning supply costs have, have gone up. Everything's gone up. Alcohol, gas, food, everything you can think of just skyrocketing lately and it seems like they're taking longer to do things and 
we're using more stuff that's destroying the environment again, whereas we're fighting against that. And now they're getting ready to hire a bunch of more people to work on and do extra environmental testing and stuff. It's like they don't sit down and realize the money spent, the products used, and everything else to do certain things. It's like we can work around these. We can talk about them before we do them. And if we just got the world on an overall computer basis where we all can see the daily events that the governments are doing and voting on and us people, we the people, could also vote on these things and have a voice in them. We could all do it through our computers. We could set this up where everything is laid out properly and correctly and there's no scamming going on and stuff like that. You got fingerprint access, you got code access, you got password access. There's just so many things you can do to privacy protect and make sure it's an actual person that's doing thing and not some bots or scammers. And it's our computer generated world is supposed to be better for us and make our lives easier. And instead they make it tougher and harder to work with. And telemarketers have not gotten fewer. They have become more scammers have gotten more. They still do charities that, I still say is a huge waste of time because about a small percentage of the money actually goes to what's needed and the rest goes in someone else's pocket. So if we're not directly affecting things 100% with the donations, then we should not be doing them, period. End of story. Find a new way to do it. And I still like my globalized charity thing where you can make a donation and put a reference to where you'd like your money to go towards. And you can have a variety of different things to choose from. So you know what things are out there for charitable events. And there's only one organization running it. So there's no money going into other people's pockets. It's only going where it needs to go. And there's no scamming going around where you got the people walking around with hats, collecting money, putting buckets out here and there. Make it all globally organized charitable events. And they can run everything from the runs to the walks to the biking to the, any type of events for charity. And it would just make life so much easier because it's not like insurance and stuff like that where you have to compete. Charity's charity, goddammit. It's to help something. Help people that need it. Help whatever needs it. And that's the way it should be run. It should be in there. I don't know why I keep getting away from the COVID-19 stuff, but basically take care of yourself. Just like you would any other viral infection. Get plenty of rest and stay hydrated. That water is so important. And I just... I'm a caretaker for an elderly lady with dementia, and I constantly got to push the water thing. I had an episode this morning where she's screaming after she fell down again. She collapsed because she, what did she do? She woke up and worked on her bedding and did some stuff upstairs for about an hour before she came down to eat her breakfast 
and drink her water. Now, if she would have done that, she wouldn't have got dizzy. She wouldn't have collapsed, but she just doesn't listen. They're stubborn. <laughs> we get more and more stubborn the older we get. But a key to everything, her bowel problems, her dizziness problems, her brain issues, it all comes back to being hydrated. you got to keep water in your system. Real simple way, a glass with every meal. Drink that whole damn glass of water with breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then in between breakfast and lunch, make sure you have another glass throughout that time period. Between lunch and dinner, have another glass between that time period. Right there's five glasses of water you got done and over with out of your system. That's plenty. So you have at least some type of decent, adequate water supply. But if you can, get another one that you take to bed with you at night. Get another one in your system between dinner and bedtime if you can. When you get up in the morning, if you don't eat breakfast straight away, have a glass of water with your medications. And then you got your eight glasses in. And that's what you want to go shoot for is those eight glasses of water. But see what you can do. At least get a good amount in your system at all times. Keep up with your medications. There's lots of antiviral medications, gummies out there, and stuff you can do for your immunity and things if you need to. But you also got to look at multiple sclerosis because with multiple sclerosis, I'm still confused to this day because apparently our immunity is so high that our immune system's attacking our body. Well, then if our immunity is so high... Why are we immunosuppressed? And I think that's only related to certain DMTs that we're on. Disease-modifying therapies. That may make us immunosuppressed. Like with my maven clod. My maven clod for these, the two one-week periods that I took the medication, the first two months, those are used to wipe out my TMB cells. So that you need those for infections and for stuff. So I'm hoping my new ones appear fast, and I hope they're strong and good and not attacking my system. But yeah, that's why people are so confused about whether or not they should or should not COVID it up, but or vaccine it up for COVID, not COVID it up. But uh, some warning signs for COVID. So if you want to watch for them and think. It might feel like you got the flu or something like that. And you're like, well, maybe this is COVID, but I don't know. Uh, Call your doctor if you're having problems breathing, chest pain or pressure, confusion, bluish lips or face, or a high-grade fever. And a lot of these things can be related to, like, our MS hug or to flu-like symptoms or a variety of things. So you got to take that into consideration. But if it's bad, get a hold of your doctor and let them know. And they can always give you ideas and references. But it's not safe to end isolation unless all these conditions have been met. You have had no fever for three days without using fever reducers. You're no longer coughing or have shortness of breath. And it's been 14 days or longer since symptoms first appeared. Another way to know it's safe is to have... Okay, I cut off there because I wasn't paying attention and I was hitting 30 minutes there for a second. Uh, 
thought I still had about four minutes left. But I believe I got cut off as I was talking about another way to know it's safe is to have two negative tests in a row separated by at least 24 hours. It's a, this test can get expensive. If you, your insurance doesn't cover them, and then you want to take multiple tests, and then it doesn't really matter because you could have got infected while you're waiting for the results of the test. That always annoyed me too, so I don't know. But if you want to take some steps to prevent the coronavirus back in when it started it was basically wear a mask in public making sure it completely covers your nose and mouth many people walk around with the stupid thing hanging down underneath their nose and they complain about the fogging in the glasses and stuff like that if you're gonna do it do it right if you're not gonna do it right don't bother doing it because it just doesn't matter your nose throws things down towards people's body parts just as much as your mouth does so avoid touching your eyes nose and mouth which i can't do i have to touch my eyes and mouth constantly throughout the day because every time i yawn or open my mouth fire stretch it or whatever my eyes water it's uh, it's hard for me not to do that so i don't know how i'm going to ever break that system even when i'm wearing a mask i'm constantly adjusting and touching my face but Keep six feet, two meters from others in public. I know now, now they might have some eight foot or whatever. They get further and further with these things. Carry hand sanitizer whenever you leave the house. But it's like we sanitize so much now that I think we're making ourselves more vulnerable to the issues at hand and actually helping in the long run but i could be wrong i'm not a doctor so don't listen to me avoid large gatherings especially indoors use telehealth instead of in-person visits whenever possible work from home if possible which it is make it the world is making it easier to work from home and school from home but it's not everybody has that option my wife's stuck working for a pharmacy and the two people that worked there when she came to help out and become an assistant because they needed a, needed a hand, she chose to help them out. And, of course, as soon as she does, the other two ladies quit and retire, and she ends up being the only one there. So she's having problems. It's like now she's got, got to use a week's vacation before the end of the year, and she's dilly-dallying, taking a day here and there because she feels bad because the pharmacist is going to have to work by himself because the company will not bring someone from an hour away to come and work for them and they don't have no one else around to help them out so she's all worried about that and so she'll only take a day here and a day there and we can't actually just take some time and disappear because i'm got i'm a caretaker so i have to be here too so it's like yeah it's hard to would be nice to actually have a vacation even a three-day vacation again we haven't had one in so many years. It's like, instead, we've spent the last few years just dwindling our life down to nothing, losing all our shit, financially just going distraught, but yet we're taking care of everything else and trying to make things work for others, but we're not focusing on ourselves. That's where we're going to kick our asses in the long run because something's going to happen. We never had the chance to do what we should have done, and 
That's why I think in the next year things are going to change big time because it's time for me to focus on the last days of my life's mobility, I call it, (laughs) my ability to get around and do things. So I want to enjoy the last couple of years that I can move. (laughs) It's like if I can move that long, but we'll see what happens. Get through this winter and make some new plans next season, see where the world's at, see if we got COVID-2020 or COVID-32 or what the hell is going to come out next. Yeah. It's hard also mental health-wise. It's going to shut us a lot of people down. We're going to have huge cases of depression and all that stuff. So you got to maintain your relationships using phone calls, virtual visits. And Zoom works great. You can do group events and stuff like that. You can do up to four people for free. You can pay a little bit to get more people in if you're going to use it a lot. Works great for meetings. Uh, They have the FaceTime, Facebook things. There's a variety of different ways to keep up with everybody. If you have any relationships left, it's like I know I'm down to just a few people that I even talk to anymore. So everybody else just disappears. A lot of people disappear from your life when you get diagnosed with a chronic condition. Unless you're laying in a bed dying and it's only going to be a short time, then they'll hang around you. (laughs) To the point where I'd probably be overly annoyed. (laughs) But yeah. It's like the one thing when I was dying in the Mayo Clinic, it's like my wife couldn't get to me, which sucked. A couple people that did get to me were like, yeah, need to see my wife more than you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, other than that, it was, was kind of nice being far enough away that people couldn't come because even with dying and stuff, you're just at that point in life, at least I am, where I'm just get it over with. I don't even want to deal with the pittiness and all the little religious events around it and everything else, being born Catholic and I don't know, it's just even coming out of the hospital and running into a few people, it's like, oh, you're blessed and all this. It's like, no, I'm just a person that went through a lot of shit and it didn't benefit me in any way, shape, or form. Now I'm $500,000 in the hole and (laughs) I have no idea where my life's going to end up because the businesses I built are ending and we're losing everything. I don't really call that being blessed. I, I know I know all the people out there are just they got that magic little fairy that is on their shoulder that's telling them protecting them making their life better but yet we have a hospital designed just for children that are dying of cancers and stuff like that so that's if there's an entity out there that would allow that to happen, I don't really want to be part of that. But I don't know. Until someone changes my mind, um, sticking with my beliefs. I love Mother Nature. She gave me a home. She keeps me alive. 
she brought out COVID-19 to get rid of some of the jackasses and eliminate some of the problems on this planet. The problem is the people that it should be wiping out, it's not. The good people are the ones that are going. And they, so always have jackasses on this planet destroying it. Until we're gone and the humans and the flora can survive finally happily without us. <laughs> uh, get online support. There's tons of communities that you can talk to and go through and research things. Exercise is good. Keep your immune system happy. Yoga is great. Have fun. Find yourself a hobby. Keep yourself active. Keep your creative juices flowing. There's models. There's drawing. There's art. There's crafting. There's just so much stuff you can get your hands on. One of the biggest things was crafting and stuff like that. And puzzles took a huge jump because of COVID. They were probably really happy. <laughs> uh, rejuvenate yourself when you feel tense and stuff. Do some deep breathing. Meditation's great. Uh, structure your days so you got a variety of things for work, exercise, rest, and play, and whatever. Just give yourself variety so you don't get going to complete boredom and depression. Stay on top of practical matters. Make sure you have enough food, medication, or whatever essentials you need. Be informed. Keep up on the pandemic if you're worried about it and see where the numbers are and see what's happening. But also realize that those numbers aren't fully correct. They're not giving us the overall that we need to see. Uh, But basically... MS is a chronic autoimmune disorder that doesn't increase your chances of contracting the 2019 coronavirus and developing COVID-19. However, some people with MS are at higher risk for developing COVID-19 because of risk factors like taking certain MS drugs, high level of disability, or coexisting conditions, so... Take those into consideration and see. Talk to your doctor about them if you are worried about those items. Uh, Infections can trigger exasperations of multiple sclerosis. The effects of the coronavirus disease on MS are not known. The aim, uh, there is a study done that was to understand the impact of COVID-19 and new and pre-existing symptoms of MS. The results were 57% of participants had an MS exasperation during their infection, 82, and there's 404 people in the test. 82 developed new MS symptoms, 207 experienced worsening pre-existing MS symptoms, and 59 reported both disease-modifying therapies reduced the likelihood of developing new MS symptoms during the infection. Participants with a higher pre-COVID-19 EDSS web-based expanded disability status scale score 
and longer MS duration were more likely to experience worsening of their pre-existing MS symptoms during the infection. Uh, this was a COVID-19 and MS study that was an ongoing community-based prospective cohort study. And that was conducted as part of the United Kingdom MS register, so that's not in the U.S. Uh, but yeah, that, that test didn't have much results shown or given for us. Uh, current evidence shows that simply having MS does not make you more likely to develop COVID-19 or to become severely ill or die from the infection that the general population or than the general population percentages. However, the following groups of people with MS are more susceptible to severe cases of COVID-19. Those are progressive MS, which I'm kind of curious. I guess that would put me in there with the secondary progressive since that's newer, a newer um relate a newer diagnosis of MS where it used to more be relapse and remitting and primary progressive. Now we have secondary progressive being showing more, but we still don't have much for DMT wise to work with it and stuff. Whereas primary progressive only has the Ocrevus to work with. I believe there was one other one that they were seeing results with, but People with MS over the age of 60, men with MS, black people with MS, and possibly South Asian people with MS. Again, these are people with MS that are more susceptible to having a severe case of COVID-19. People with higher levels of disability, with an EDSS score of 6 or above, which relates, relates to need, needing to use a walking stick. People with MS and obesity, body mass index of 30 or higher, diabetes or diseases of the heart or lungs, people taking certain disease-modifying therapies. See the MS treatment guidelines during coronavirus to find out more about which ones may be affected. Uh, Working in coronavirus, healthcare workers who have MS, there's no increased risk of getting COVID-19 because you have MS. If you're concerned about your risk of getting COVID-19 because of the DMT you take, contact your MS provider for advice. There are no special personal protective equipment, PPEs, instructions for people with MS. You should follow the same precautions as other healthcare workers. As far as children with MS, there's no specific advice for children with MS. They should follow the advice of all people with MS. The COVID vaccine 19 is now authorized for children age 12 and older. I believe they're getting it to kids like five and older. They're working it towards uh, pregnancy and breastfeeding. There's no specific advice for women with MS who are pregnant or breastfeeding. There's general information on the COVID-19 and pregnancy and breastfeeding from the 
CDC you can look into. Uh, people living with multiple sclerosis. MS are seeking peace of mind on the safety and effectiveness of COVID-19 vaccines. In response, the society convened a group of expert researchers and medical professionals to review the available science and make fact-based recommendations. Uh, expert advice about disease modifying therapies. There's tips on social distancing and relapses for those living with MS during the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, keep up to date on topics such as effects of COVID-19 on those affected with MS and relapses and stuff. There's tons of information out there you can find by doing a little bit of research. Uh, serious complications of COVID-19 can be caused by an over-exuberant immune system to the virus. Some people with COVID-19 infections experience neurological symptoms that may be secondary to this response. MS is caused by an abnormal immune response targeting the central nervous system. This raised concerns that COVID-19 could exasperate MS. There are a lot of issues regarding the potential impact of COVID-19 on MS. One question at the top of doctors and patients' minds is, are patients with MS, particularly those being treated with drugs that quell the immune system, more vulnerable to contracting COVID-19? In the studies done thus far, the incident of COVID-19 in MS patients is reflective of the general population. People with MS don't seem to be more vulnerable to getting infected, and that includes even those with MS who are on disease-modifying therapy. So take that into consideration. The same factors that seem to be predictive of a worse outcome from COVID-19 infection in the general population also apply to those with MS. They include, well, we talked about these over and over, the older age, the sex, the race, and comorbidity, comorbidities, comorbidities, <laughs> comorbidities, like cardiovascular system, obesity, chronic pulmonary disease, stuff like that, can be highly impactful. Uh, let's see here. Yada, yada, yada. Are the COVID-19 vaccine imminent? Questions are emerging about how MS patients will fare. Um, There's still more data needed. There's always more data needed. I don't know. This is probably an older thing anyways from the past two years, but some early results have raised more questions than answers. Uh, there was a reported case of spinal cord inflammation in a patient who received one of the experimental vaccines. Fortunately, that patient recovered. This leads to concerns about whether or not the vaccine itself could trigger an MS-like episode. Uh, but uh, it's very rare, limited cases where anything did go wrong and happen, just like in the 
normal cases of people without MS. So I, yeah, take that into consideration. Uh, yeah, this one, they did some variety of MS patients up to January of 2021 with vaccines and a second dose out of 555 patients, three, three had cases of infection encountered after the first dose. Uh, no, in recre- no increased risk of relapse activity was noted over a median injection site, fatigue and headache, no increased risk of relapse activity was noted. And that was for a follow-up of 20 and 38 days after the first and second vaccine doses. The rate of patients with acute relapse was 2.1% and 1.6% following the first and second doses, respectively similar to the rate in non-vaccinating patients. So it's basically you're in the same boat either way. The vaccine proved safe for MS patients, no increased risk of relapse activity was noted. Uh, basically, my opinion, get the damn vaccine and be done with it. I mean, quit whining that it might have micro bots or some other shit in it. If they want to put stuff in your vaccines and stuff, they inject us with stuff all the time. They can always do it. It's not like it's hard to do. They can put a a thing in the air that we could just inhale and get it just like the damn vaccine itself, or just like the COVID-19 itself. I mean, it's, if they really wanted to mess with us, they'll find other ways. They're going to do it when we're trying to help ourselves from a freaking pandemic. It's like, quit being babies and quit pulling all these questions and the shit in the air. And I, I get it. We went through a scare because we found out that kids that were injected with what polio things or whatever they're having certain things that were coming up and all these things were happening and stuff but yet you'll spit a kid out and when you're having the kid you'll pump your body full of all kinds of drugs to help you not feel the pain of childbirth and you're telling me those things aren't going into the kid's bloodstream and causing future issues for that kid and you got to think about that. You can't just sit there and be worried about something that's out there to help us. I had an uncle of mine I would have loved to have met. He died at six years old of polio. And if he would have got the polio vaccine and stuff, we wouldn't have had that problem. So it's stupid things like this that can cause things to happen. Yes, you can have people that are going to have something bad happen from it. It's a minute number of people that do but yes those things can happen but they can also walk out their door and a toilet dump from a plane could land on their head and crush their body and you could step off the curb and get run over by a bus you could be walking the streets and some moron decides to pull a trigger in his house and it goes flying out a window and 
goes right through the back of your head. And anything can happen at any given moment. But we're trying to get the world back to normal. And if everybody would have just put the masks on for three months and the numbers people actually gave us real numbers and we got to see the results of what happened, then we'd know whether or not those things helped. And then we could go on to the next thing and the vaccines and everything else. Spend three months with each item. We would have been done with this, all this testing and all this bullshit a year ago. But instead, we got people fighting it, people arguing, going to having big events, doing what they want. And I have a lot of friends that do the things like Sturgis and all that stuff. And they run around typical, typical mentality that, they live day by day. They should be able to choose their life, do what they want, live however, and they don't care about anybody around them. They just care about themselves. That's selfish. That's bullshit. You should not be like that. But did you ever look at the numbers? And I don't have them in front of me, but I know after the Sturgis event ended, there are hundreds of people that got sick in South Dakota in those areas that were around the events, working events, stuck around all these people. Cause it's a <laughs> South Dakota is a very small area that has actual, actual structures, actual towns and cities and stuff. You'll drive a long ways. You'll see signs on the side of the road and stuff. And there's not much around you. So when the people hit that state, they hit that whole state and they overtake it. You can't hide from all these. You still got to go out in your environment and do your normal activities, your jobs and all that stuff. So those people that live there are stuck in that. And these people fly in for a week. Well, not fly in. They ride in on the motorcycles and everything. They come in. They destroy the town for a couple of weeks. Well, not destroy it, but if you've ever been around an event or catered an event and stuff, you know what it's like. It's like a tornado went through by the time everybody leaves and the grounds are just covered in the destruction that is left. <laughs> but it's like they come in for a week or two, do their thing and leave and you go from a state that has hardly any people in it to a state that has thousands and hundreds of thousands of extra people in it from all over the world. And those people come in, leave. They may be sick leaving the state, but the people in the state got sick because of the people that came to the state and spread the stuff during the parties. And now the ones that are back home are like, well, it was fine. We went to a party. We had a good time. Nobody got sick. There's no COVID. It's all fake. And while that's all going on, they're talking about that. Some young family back there is sitting there all sick, wondering why. It's like they're just doing their daily 
chores, their daily life, and now they're all sick because of someone that brought something around them. It's like, I don't know, why couldn't we just done a few months of hard quarantine and been done with it? The government's amount of money that they spent doing all this other bullshit, they could have just compensated everybody to the point that we could have lived quarantined up and took care of ourselves and got this over with but instead we're in year two of it and it's getting really old and now there's new cases new types coming out it's just never going to stop because we're never going to get together and work together it's just like the rest of the world we got to kill each other instead of working together and making the world a better place and only chance we have of anything ever becoming better is for aliens to come down and say, hey, <laughs> you're going to be dumbasses. We're going to take you out. If you want to work with us, let's let's work together and make the universe a better place. But that ain't going to happen because we're dumb. <laughs> but I'm going to end this here. Definitely went longer than I planned. But you decide. It's your body. You want to do whatever, but don't sit there and Stand out in public with your flags waving and hurt other people because of it. So be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Get the shout out monster. Check out Crimson Call Comic Club. Check out Under the Call. Keep following Under the Call of MS. And we will get back to you sometime soon.